The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. We all have those thoughts that will not die. Along with many other thought distractions, these can keep us from thinking clearly and focusing on what we desire and who we can be. This is Help! My Thoughts Are Holding Me Hostage with Dr. Jeffrey Fannin. What if you could learn to command the power of thought and make the laws of the universe work in your favor? It can be done, and it just takes some adjustments to become a thought genius. Now, here is your host, Dr. Jeffrey L. Fannin. Welcome to Help! My Thoughts Are Holding Me Hostage this week uh, with my guest, Rose Cayola. Now, Rose uh, really could have been easily defined by her success in the business world. However, she really had a deeper yearning to understand wellness, health, spirituality, and it opened a lot of new doors and led to a very unexpected journey on her part. So today she's not only a distinguished business leader in Manhattan, but also a highly regarded teacher. Uh, Frequently she lectures and also is much sought after as an expert Uh, whose own ambition is to help others seeking personal growth. So cultivating this ancient wisdom and cutting-edge science, she has uh, established uh, the uh, Rewire Me as a destination source for making self-awareness and self-improvement accessible to everyone. Uh, She has successfully coached a wide range of students seeking uh, personal growth, including war veterans, healing from trauma, corporate executives uh, seeking to become more focused and effective leaders. Rose, welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you. It's an honor for me to be here with you today, Jeffrey. So I love uh, your show, and I really enjoy, <laughs> enjoy listening oh, well, to thank you very program. Yeah, thank you very much. Um, you know, you're kind of a, uh, in that world of real estate as a real estate professional, how did you get into mindfulness in that kind of uh, purposeful living? Well, you know, an interesting um, history for me. Uh, you know, when I was about 13 years old, I had my first spiritual awakening. And when I confronted my very Catholic mother about it, uh, she, you know, she reacted in a not very positive way. I think she was just kind of scared and didn't really know what to do. Uh, So she told my dad, and, you know, my dad had said to me the following morning, he said, you know, Joya, he used to call me Joya. He said, what's going on, honey? Uh, You think you're seeing God? Tell me. You know, and I felt so hurt and crushed that it, you know, my self-esteem and ego was already damaged uh, by the age of 13, uh, I suffered a substance abuse problem and felt very lost. And when I had that awakening, I felt that there was hope. Uh, and then when I received that response from my folks, it just shot me down further. And the rest of, you know, my teenage years were, 
were pretty hectic um, and chaotic. I, I tried everything, tried finding myself. And, and lucky for me, at the age of 19, I met my first mentor who really helped me you know, navigate my way through life and is still currently one of my closest and dearest friends. So I think that um, experience, you know, as we go through life and, and we live and we get lost in our, you know, our own mind chatter and what we think that we're supposed to achieve, we forget about those moments. And it wasn't until I was in my 30s that I had another awakening um, and realized that, you know, and there were some things in my life that I needed to change. And so, you know, I set forth on this whole self-exploration and discovery and came to Reiki and holographic memory resolution and, you know, got certified in a number of, of healing modalities um, and then met, of course, uh, our, our common mutual friend, Joe Dispenza, who was the missing piece to my puzzle. And that's when I really started to implement a lot of what I had learned into my life and felt that it was more fulfilling. As much as I love real estate and I'm still involved in real estate, uh, you know, connecting with people on that level is so much more rewarding and fulfilling. So that's how that came to be. So I, I know that you have the, uh, uh, the newsletter that you put out called uh, Rewire Me, and, mm-hmm. and I read that newsletter almost religiously. It's uh, filled with all kinds of wonderful information. How did you decide that you were going to launch that? You know, when my daughter was at the age of six, diagnosed with ADHD, it sent me into a further spiritual journey uh, with myself and then also to help her because every doctor that I had taken her to would wanted me to just medicate her. And I had a hard time with it, not because I'm opposed to medication. I believe that it has its benefits, of course. Uh, but for her, she wasn't any kind of really complicated case. I mean, the girl just needed a, a nudging and, you know, you know, come on, get back on track, Sophia, and don't lose focus. And that was her biggest issue. She wasn't violent. She wasn't suffering in any way. And, you know, academically, she was actually doing fine. And that whole, we got kicked out of the, you know, one of the school systems in New York City because we wouldn't medicate her. And that sent me on a whole different, you know, on a whole different path. One, I needed to learn how she needed to learn, and I needed to, to support her as much as I could, however I could. And that whole journey, when, when I came to realize what her needs were and how I could parent her, I realized that I had so much information that I really needed to share with the world. So it's, it's part of my giving. So my publication is, you know, bringing people into their own awareness, however they need to get there. We like to help them and show them the way. Yeah, I would encourage everybody to sign up for that. And uh, there's such uh, a wealth of information and wisdom in there. Um, now, you have a very busy schedule, you know, running two businesses and uh, all of the other things that, that you do and helping people and speaking. And uh, that's a really busy schedule. So how do you incorporate wellness and holistic practices into your daily routine. I, you know, I'm sure a lot of people are wondering that because uh, I think that's the, the biggest issue that we run into in talking with people. They feel like, gee, I don't have time to do that. 
I know, you know, and it, and it's true because I, I do. I uh, and like everyone else, I'm sure, you know, we put so much on our plate that we can't possibly manage it all. Um, and I know I get very moody when I'm, you know, uh, over focused and and, and multitasking. Um, and then in another respect, I can't help myself because there are so many things that I want to do and so many people that I want to help that I have a problem saying no. But how I keep grounded and focused is when I notice that, you know, my attitude starts to change and I become, you know, whether it's irritable or it's stressed or overwhelmed, I know I need to take a step back. You know, I have my practices every day, and every day I wake up, I have my meditation. At some point throughout the day, I will go and take a walk or just get up from my desk because there's days that I could just sit at my desk for hours and not realize the time that I spend just sitting there. I'll get up. I bought myself, um, actually, my husband bought me um, for Christmas an iWatch that has the, the little ticker that reminds you, you know what, you've been sitting for an hour, it's time to move. I mean, I'll do anything to make myself, help myself get back on track and back into, you know, that meditative state. And also when I'm noticing that I'm getting irritable or I'm getting overwhelmed, I need to take a step back. I need to re-engage with my support. And my support are, you know, workshops, people like you, listening, spending more time listening to your station, spending time with like-minded people, and just doing things for me that bring me back into myself. So yeah, it's hard, but it's, it's, it's an everyday practice. Yeah, I, I know that I can really relate to what you're saying, that uh, when I get too many things going on and uh, people around me and staff can say, you know, really tell you that, yeah, we can tell when he's starting to get cranky and uh, and I really do have to do the same thing, step back, get grounded, mm-hmm. uh, and try and, uh, you know, just meditate for a few minutes. So uh, I, keep, I keep a pair of these dark glasses that block out all the sunlight in my desk oh, so that I can right. just put those on and retreat very quickly into meditation and get regrounded and just step back from it because uh, I, I think because we live in a very fast-paced world, because we have a lot of demands on us and people depending on us, that sometimes um, we we do we forget to step back, we forget to get grounded again, and we just right. stay on and that treadmill, and it's and it is difficult. It is, so, and you know, sometimes I'll just even switch chairs. You know, if I'm in my office, I'll switch chairs and I'll I'll sit behind my desk on the other side of my desk and just close my eyes and take five deep breaths. Mm-hmm. And just recalibrate, you know, simple things even like that, you know, will help bring me back and keep me into uh, my awareness. Yeah. So as you went down this path of exploring wellness, uh, did it change how you approach your parenting style? Oh, totally. You know, there are times when I can catch myself and say, who am I being? You know, am I being the person, am I being the parent that I want to be? Or am I being the parent that parented me? I can see when that's happening, you know, and I, and I can step back and question it. You know, what I do with my children is 
I spoil them, absolutely, but I also teach them what it's like to be a good person and to live from your heart. Because when all else, you know, all else doesn't matter unless you're living from your heart. And when you're living from your heart, you can be sincere and authentic. And I think that I have pretty grounded kids. They, They both have beautiful hearts. And I think that you, if you want to do that, you need to first be able to look at yourself and admit where your faults are and admit, you know, what if you're doing something wrong. You know, most of the time we don't like to do that. You know, we get very defensive. Yeah, and when I we get over, overwhelmed, it's, it's very difficult to take a step back, to take that responsibility, look in the mirror and say, yeah, you're part of the problem there. And, yeah. and, and readjust our, ourselves to, to doing that and not launching off into a space where we can become defensive or accusing or uh, upset with people because they're not doing it exactly the way that we would want it done. Right. And we can't, we can't expect people to do that because they're not us. Like, you know, it's funny that you mentioned that. I'll just quickly, when I remember when my, my kids were small, I was, you know, an overbearing, controlling mother person. And I remember I would not, I hesitated in leaving my husband for a weekend because he would not parent the children the way I would. And it became an issue for a while. And I thought to myself, like, what am I doing? You know, I can't possibly control everything from every part of the world. Okay, it's not possible. And two, of course he's not me. And of course he's not going to parent like me because he's not me. So that's not realistic. And three, if I want to be happy and find myself and live my true life, I need to let go. Because the children are going to be fine, and and he is their father. So he has every right to parent the way he needs to parent. Who am I to tell him what to do and what not to do? But it's, you know, it's a cycle that I think we all get ourselves into that is hard to break out of and say, okay, you know what, let me step back and let somebody else do it. And it's okay if they don't do it the way that I do it. Right. Yeah, I I think you mentioned a couple of very important points there of uh, letting go and trusting that when you are living from your heart, it's much easier to let go and trust. And when we're not living from our heart, when we are caught up in those moments of frustration and chaos and, and all of those things, that I think being able to live in that heart-centered world, first we have to be able to let go and to trust in what we have learned. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And it's, so, not an easy, it's not an easy process. Yeah, sorry. So we, yeah, we have a couple minutes before uh, going to a break here, but um, can we talk just a little bit about how people transform? Where does somebody start? If they don't know anything about any of this uh, heart-centeredness or meditation or anything, where, where do people start? They start by being, becoming the witness. You know, it's seeing attitudes and behaviors and things in your life that you, that you no longer like and that you no longer want to see. That's the first step, is admitting that it's there and it exists and you don't like it and you want to change it. 
That's what happened with me. And mm-hmm. then, you know, it's, then it's a slow process. It's finding out information um, as, as to what appeals to you. You know, what is it, what, what are you looking for? You know, people say, like, they're always soul-searching or, you know, they're trying to, to live their truth. Well, what is their truth? You know, we think that we, you know, have this beautiful life and it's, and it's just what, you know, society has, has said that, you know, we were supposed to have and, and society says it's the way that we're supposed to be. And then we get there and we're like, well, now what? You know, what do we do with this? And, it, and is it really what I wanted or was it what everybody else wanted for me? So I think first is becoming that witness and then second is looking for things that interest you. You know, what, what sparks your fire? You know, what, what things lead you down the path of curiosity and possibility and excitement and going after those things? And what, what people or modalities, what healing modalities do you respond to? Is it essential oils? Is it crystals? Is it psychotherapy? Is it neurofeedback? And trying those things to see what works for you. Absolutely. So um, when we come back from a break, uh, we'll let Rose tell us about uh, why people are very reluctant to change. So let's take a short break now. You're listening to Help My Thoughts Are Holding Me Hostage on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll be right back. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Do you find that some of your hopes and dreams aren't happening the way you thought they would? Maybe your power of intention needs fine-tuning. The latest scientific research indicates that the problem is related to your subconscious belief patterns. They determine your behavior, as well as create the message that is being broadcast into the field. Only 5% of what we think about comes through the conscious thinking part of our brain, and the rest is processed through the subconscious part of our brain. You need the Thought Genius Kit. The Thought Genius Kit is an amazing combination of tools and technology that is not sold in stores anywhere. But you can get it from ThoughtGenius.com. If you want to know what your subconscious thinks and feels about something, all you have to do is think about it and watch the indicators on the screen. The Thought Genius Kit also comes with a lifetime subscription for creating your own mind movies. Get more information and read scientific research before you order the Thought Genius Kit at ThoughtGenius.com. That's ThoughtGenius.com. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to Help! My Thoughts Are Holding Me Hostage. To reach Dr. Jeffrey L. Fannin or his guest today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. 346-9141. You may also send an email to radio show at thoughtgenius.com. Now, back to this week's program. Well, we're back with my guest, Rose Cayola, who has, uh, and we've been discussing a lot about uh, rewiring ourselves, about uh, what is your truth. And that's uh, what we were talking about just before the break here. And 
maybe that's something that's difficult for people to understand. I, I like the way that you put it, that are you living your truth the way that, that you see it, experience it, and understand it, or are you living the truth that other people think that you should be? Uh, do you find that to be the case with a lot of people or just every now and again? No, I think it's the case with a lot of people, and I think that we have a hard time admitting that, that, that it's true. You know, the yeah. first time I went to, um, when I was studying Buddhism at the time, my Buddhist teacher uh, had said to me, you know, we all think we know who we are and we all think we know what we want. You know, and I remember sitting there saying, yeah, you know what, I do, you bet, you know. Uh, and by the time we finished that session, I hadn't a clue as to who I really was and what I really wanted. Because I realized that everything in my life was based on what I thought everybody else expected from me. And that was a real, and I think that a lot of us live in that world. I mean, you, you can see it. You know, you're a parent. You have children. If you look, you can probably tell if your child is living your dream or not. Right. Well, I mean, I, I see it. You know, I only see it now because I, I have this experience and I know people like you and I've worked with people like you. And so it's made me aware, you know, and I can see it, you know, with my kids. My kids are still young now, but I can see it, you know, with my husband and his family and I can see it with my siblings and, and my parents and, and, and so many others, you know, and, and how our parenting, we help influence subconsciously those decisions of our children. So we all think that we know, like, this is what we want. But, you know, when left to us, guaranteed that we would come up with another outcome for our life or another profession or something. Yeah, so I, I, think I know that that's a lot. Yeah, I know that that's true in, in my case, that I grew up in a family where um, I, I was taking care of my siblings and actually being a parent to my parents and uh, trying to figure that out. You know, what, what can I do to uh, keep peace in the family? What can I do to um, make sure that everything is going to run smooth? And I don't think it was until I, I was in my 30s that, that I really took a step back from that and was able to say, now, wait a minute here. You know, whose life am I living? And right. Jeffrey, that's why I love you so much. I'm just going to cut you off there for a second because you and I are exactly the same. Uh -huh. The caretaker, the peacemaker. Yes, so you woke up in your life, yes, and said, right, whose life am I living? And then right. what did you do? Well, then, then I started to explore because uh, I asked that question, if you could do whatever you wanted to do, what would you do? And, uh, and I, I wasn't real sure about that. So then I started exploring and doing all of these different things and you know, eventually became an airline pilot, and that was fun and challenging. And owned a computer and stereo store, and at the uh, beginning of the uh, the computer age, and so I had opportunities to do a lot of different things that I could explore what it is that I want to do, which eventually led me to this path of uh, of where I'm at now, of doing what I'm really passionate about. Right. Isn't it great? I mean, that's the difference also between older people and younger people. Like, I run into these younger, so, somewhat obnoxious um, 
teen, not teenagers, but adolescents, that feel an entitlement mm-hmm. uh, and feel that they have this world of experience when they really don't have a clue. And, and it's not that I disrespect them at all. It's just that they don't know. You know, they don't have the knowledge of the years of experience that we've had. You know, we've gone that, that through that circle. And I think the point of the work that you do and the work that I do is, is helping that younger generation understand you know, life a different way so that they don't have to, you know, travel that whole circle. Not that it's a bad circle, but maybe they can save a few years and, you know, take a shortcut. Yeah, I, I remember uh, when I was getting my doctorate um, that we had a class and we were talking and uh, everybody was kind of going around the circle with their resume and, you know, telling the story of how they, they got there. And it got to me, and I, you know, read off my resume, and somebody said, how did you do all those things? And and I hadn't really thought about it, and I, my response was, I didn't know I couldn't. You know, some of them were very challenging, but it, uh, and some of them I really wanted to quit. You know, like, mm-hmm. I can't tell you how many times when I was uh, on my flying career that it got really challenging and difficult, and I just said, I can't do this anymore. And... I remember one day sitting, uh, in, when I was stationed in Germany, sitting on a rock in the forest, and it was kind of drizzling, and it was a Tuesday afternoon about 4 o'clock, and I came face-to-face with myself at that point and said, um, when are you going to stop being a quitter? You know, a lot of things that you start, you know, you started college, you didn't finish that, you know, you're, you're now in the Air Force, and, you know, uh, you started flying, you know, it, it's like you tend to get partway through everything and you quit. And it was right there on that drizzly Tuesday afternoon that I made a vow to myself. I said, I will never quit again. Whatever I start, I'm going to finish. And, and I managed to do that because I felt like it was important to uh, keep going when the going got tough and to say, I'm going to find a way to do it. And I think that really helped me in my journey of finding out what my truth is. Right. And then, right, it's all, all, it was all experiential for you. So it's, mm-hmm. it, all of that brought you to, to where you are today, right? Right. So yeah, I, is- never, I, I never look at time spent as wasted Mm-hmm. And I don't believe in having regrets because it's all part of the experience of what we need to grow. Yeah. So why do you think so many people are reluctant to change? Fear, number one. You know, they don't want to look at what it is about themselves that they don't like or what they need to change. Um, and two, I think that they're in denial. And, and, and three, I think it's easier to just blame somebody else. Mm-hmm. Right? We'll go through the, the blame game, right? It's not my fault. It's, uh, you know, my parents made me this way, and I didn't yeah. have enough love and attention. And, I, you know, I grew I up am. that same yeah. way. You uh-huh. know, I had baggage. I had a lot of baggage. And I came to a point in my life where I had to realize that if I wanted anything in my life to change, I had to take 50% responsibility for every relationship in my life. And that meant the relationship with my parents. And being a child, you know, we think, you know, think back and look at little children and say, well, how could they possibly take 50% responsibility? They don't really know. They're innocent. And, 
Um, I was angry for a while because I didn't want to do that. And where did that lead me? Nowhere. Down the same path, right? Down that cycle and and, and through that hamster wheel that that we all go through. Until one day I said, you know what? I'm going to try. Let me see if I can do this. Let me see if I can work through this. Um, And I did. You know, I said, let me take the responsibility of, you know, maybe at times I manipulated my parents, you know, at a very young age. And I did. And once I got through that, it seemed, life seemed to get easier. And that acceptance of my part in every relationship got easier. And I think that people shy away from that because they, nobody wants to look at themselves as doing wrong. Nobody wants to look at themselves as, as hurting another. Right? But we all do. I mean, we're, we're human. It's, it's part of our DNA. It's how we interact with one another. And people are too afraid to go there. They don't want to face it. They don't, you know, they, they feel like their, their life may fall apart or they may fall apart or they will have to admit to becoming vulnerable. And nobody really wants to do that. So that's why I think they stay away from it. Yeah, it's, there seems like so many people wait until they hit a, a low point in their life before they're willing to look at what they need to fix in their way of thinking and their behavior. Uh, do you have any proactive tips for people who might be stuck in that revolving door, that low point, and uh, give them a better way to cope? Yeah, I do. You know, stop. <laughs> stop. <laughs> Just stop it. <laughs> yeah, like my advice Bob is Newhart, that doesn't work, you know so that stop. Bob yeah. Newhart video we've seen so many times. Just stop it. You know, you have to tell yourself to stop the dialogue. You have to tell the inner demons to be quiet. You have to be able to look at yourself. You know, you, I, I would think that you would want to. I mean, ask yourself the question, are you happy with where you are in your life? Are you happy with who you are in your life? And if you can answer honestly to those two questions, I think you're already on your way. Yeah, that's good advice. Uh, I know that you and I both have a connecting point with neurofeedback and that you're qualified to do uh, do neurofeedback. What inspired you uh, to go in that direction, get involved with it? So when my daughter was diagnosed at the age of six with ADHD, and my husband and I took her to six specialists, um, specialists from psychiatrists, psychologists, um, neurologists. We took her to social workers um, and leaders of peer-to-peer groups on uh, social interaction. They all told us that she was absolutely fine, and the only thing that she suffered with was ADHD, and the school that she was in had, was trying to convince us otherwise, which is why we, we brought her to six specialists, because, you know, coming from my background, I was so paranoid about missing something, because everything with me was missed. I was an undiagnosed ADHD child growing up, and was diagnosed as an adult, but anyway, so I was so paranoid about missing something, so we took her to all these specialists, because we wanted to be sure that... She was okay, and we weren't missing anything. Well, needless to say, I could not find a single 
doctor or therapist in New York City that would help me. I needed to, I wanted to know how she needed to learn. I wanted to support her with groups or tutoring or whatever it was that she needed, and I could not get that help. All I was told was to give her a pill, give her a bill, give her the pill, because at the end of the day, all of my efforts would be exhausted, and I would end up giving her the pill. Well, that wasn't good for me. Yeah, well, that that seems to be a story that happens to a lot of uh, parents. On uh, that journey while you were uh, trying to take care of these uh, conditions in, in your daughter's brain and and uh, do you think that, that that helped or impeded their spiritual journey? For her? Yeah, I, th- I think for most people that end up having to live that scenario. Oh, I, I think so. I mean, my daughter's only 14 now, but, you know, I strongly feel that she will reach a point in her life where she's going to look back on this and be grateful. I mean, there are, there are times that she allows me to, not times, but she's now allowed me to share a very important story that's part of my journey on, you know, getting her out of the school that she was in. And it was my breakthrough of, you know, realizing that I was at, at one time trying to get her to conform to a society that wasn't ready for her. And that wasn't my job. My job was to parent her in the way that she needed to be parented and to get her the support and the help that she needed. Uh, And so it's a story about a horse that she allows me to share. But, you know, through that journey, when I couldn't find anybody, I was at the time doing um, biofeedback. And it was this biofeedback practitioner that told me about neurofeedback. And I couldn't find anyone in Manhattan to give her, to administer neurofeedback. It was very, very difficult to come, come by. And this is, you know, uh, quite a few years ago. So I called this company, um, and, uh, and they had given me the phone number of a chiropractor on Long Island who was uh, a neurofeedback practitioner. And I spoke to him, and God, God bless that man. I mean, he was really a, a great support and mentor in my life at the time. He convinced me to go for the training and, you know, raise the money and get the equipment and do it myself to her, and I did. So that's how that came to be. Wow, that's, that's a pretty gutsy story. But, you know, back then there really weren't a lot of uh, people who were engaged, I think, at the time that you're talking about. You know, it may have been... Uh, five or six thousand in the country, you know, yeah. it's much more prevalent now. And uh, interestingly, uh, a lot of chiropractors uh, engage in that kind of work because they uh, they believe in that uh, holistic approach to things. Yeah, it works. Yeah, it, it really does. We've seen it uh, many, many times over the years. Been practicing that for seventeen years now, and uh, we have a lot of uh, interesting stories about uh, the changes and. In children, or you know, I might be out somewhere, and you know, somebody uh, came up to me a, a while back. It was in a, a Kentucky Fried Chicken place, and they came over and they said, uh, "Dr. Fannin," and, and I turned around, and this guy was you know like six foot tall, but mm-hmm. when he came through our clinic, he was like ten, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, oh my God, uh, but, really? But he, yeah, he told me how it had changed his life, and. And, you know, now he's getting good grades. He was getting ready to go to college. 
you know, the strife in the family had gone away. I mean, you, I'm sure you have lots of stories like that as well. So we have a lot more to talk about here. So let's take a short break. Uh, you're listening to Help, My Thoughts Are Holding Me Hostage on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. We'll be right back. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. Do you find that some of your hopes and dreams aren't happening the way you thought they would? Maybe your power of intention needs fine-tuning. The latest scientific research indicates that the problem is related to your subconscious belief patterns. They determine your behavior, as well as create the message that is being broadcast into the field. Only 5% of what we think about comes through the conscious thinking part of our brain, and the rest is processed through the subconscious part of our brain. You need the Thought Genius Kit. The Thought Genius Kit is an amazing combination of tools and technology that is not sold in stores anywhere. But you can get it from ThoughtGenius.com. If you want to know what your subconscious thinks and feels about something, all you have to do is think about it and watch the indicators on the screen. The Thought Genius Kit also comes with a lifetime subscription for creating your own mind movies. Get more information and read scientific research before you order the Thought Genius Kit at ThoughtGenius.com. That's ThoughtGenius.com. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Help! My Thoughts Are Holding Me Hostage. To reach Dr. Jeffrey L. Fannin or his guest today, please call in to 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to radioshow at thoughtgenius.com. Now, back to this week's program. Well, we're back with my guest, uh, Rose Kyola, and we have been talking about a lot of subjects. You know, just finished talking a little bit about uh, neurofeedback and uh, how that tends to uh, change the parameters of one's thinking and uh, talking uh, uh, about why people are reluctant to change and uh, the fear that's involved with that. And I suspect that that has a lot to do with uh, uh, how the you've taken ideas for transformation and personal growth uh, very seriously and gone so far uh, with it in all the things that you do. Can you still see places where you want to initiate major changes, maybe in your own personal life or your professional life? You know, I am a game changer and believe that we are here to learn as much as we can. And every day is a learning experience. And so it's our job, and it's my job, to take advantage of those learning opportunities. So I like to engage as much as I can and try different things and meet different people and get into different, you know, healing, spiritual modalities as much as I can because I do believe that in every area of our life there's growth. So, yes, in my personal life, I can always, always use more information I can always use more information in my day-to-day business. Um, so, yes, absolutely. You never stop learning. 
Yeah, I think awareness is a big part of that, that uh, when we're trying to assess, you know, who am I, where am I going, and how am I going to get there, that uh, awareness, uh, listening to our higher self of, you know, where we need to go. And uh, when I do the uh, consults with individuals um, that are advanced meditators and we oftentimes will see a signature where they are intuitive and I tell them, you know, one way that you can uh, determine whether it's your intellect talking or your intuition is if it's uh, either an I or a you statement. If you're hearing information in your head that says, I should do this or I should do that, that's your intellect talking. And But if you are experiencing you should do this or you should do that, that that's your intuition beckoning you on this journey and creating more awareness of uh, maybe what is good for us and where we should go and what we should explore. Uh, would, would you agree with that? Absolutely. You know, I wanted to ask, have you had your brain scanned? Oh, many, many times. Uh, yeah, uh, we, when, I'm, when I'm training people, that's their final exam is to do a brain map on me. Oh, that's great. That's great, yeah. because I'm sure that you, you probably go right off those charts, too, like yeah, some others yeah. I've seen. <laughs> well, yeah, it's one of those things where um, uh, in, in the early years um, that I had a lot of anxiety and, and didn't even really realize it because um, I, I didn't know it was there. I just thought everybody had that. So it was a lot of beta activity in the back of the brain. And so the first brain maps that we did, I had a lot of uh, beta activity in the back of the brain. And so when I got involved with, you know, neurofeedback and understanding how the brain changes and started doing some of that training for myself and went beyond, you know, I got it to the point where everything was in the normal range, all frequencies were in the normal range, and then got to understand more about uh, what happens with um, advanced meditators and the markers that we see of how they're connecting, connecting with the morphogenetic field and and how uh, they, they can get deep in into the meditation, being present in the moment, and all of these things, the markers that we see that are very consistent with the advanced meditators. And, and that's when I really began to see I can take this to a new level. I can mm. move beyond, uh, you know, that, uh, that genetic predisposition. You know, is it nature versus nurture was always the question for many decades. And now in Science Week, and very safely say the answer to that is yes. So it, yeah. it, it is both nature and nurture, depending on, you know, uh, what we live in our life, what we think about, and uh, how we act uh, on, on various aspects of our life. So for you, living your authentic life and finding your passion, your purpose, uh, requires that you follow your intuition. So how do you tell the difference between fear and intuition? Well, I'll tell you, um, you know, you had actually helped me a lot because after that experience, you know, in the back of my mind, I always knew that, you know, through the hardships that I was enduring, I always knew there was that, that there was a voice that I heard there was that inspiration that always said that made me know that there was something better. There was something greater. I just needed to stick it out and get through whatever difficult time I was going through. And I had a brain scan done um, 
quite a few years ago, and some of the information was not was not favorable. It was the time that I was uh, I was diagnosed with adult ADHD, and I remember sending that to you, and you looked at it and read the report, and you said, you know, you found that higher awareness that I that I knew was there, but couldn't really admit to myself because I didn't mm-hmm. have the courage or the self esteem, and so by by acknowledging that and you know, helping someone and supporting them in that belief because it is what exists and it is true for all of us. It brings, it brought me to a higher state. It brought me to an elevated state where I was able to then hear the messages and see the people and the spirits. And I can... I can see them, I can hear them, and they're all around me. And I know that all of us do have that. We just need the confidence and the courage to know that we all possess that same same gift. You know, so many of us, I think, live on autopilot, if I can call it that, where, you know, we get up at the same time, we get uh, ready for work in the same way, we get dressed or put our makeup on in the same way. I, I don't put makeup on anymore. Uh, I've given that up. <laughs> Thank goodness. You look good without it. <laughs> yeah, but, but so many of us uh, just, you know, we drive to work yeah. the, the same way and we go through these routines. Now, routines are, you know, a very important part of our life that we have to do, and we can adjust those routines. But um, how do people stop living on autopilot, just going through the motions? Well, well, one is becoming the witness. You know, it's always about becoming that witness and seeing what is not working for you in your life. You know, you need to, you know, my rules are you need to spend time with yourself to ask the questions. You don't need to spend a lot of time, but sometimes just writing those questions down and asking yourself, you know, am I happy doing what I'm doing? Is it where I want to be? You know, am I living my truth? You know, what is my truth? Asking yourself those questions helps you go down the path that you're not normally going to go. So one, you're already going to start to break that routine, and you're going to start to become aware of what you're doing. So now those, that automatic programming is not always going to be so automatic if you stop. You know, it's, it's the same as saying it's the pause between the breaths that the yogis talk about, you know, between the inhale, the inhalation, and the exhalation, there's always a a brief pause. And that pause is just enough to make you aware of a change that's just about to happen, right? So it's a change on that exhalation after you inhale. So it's the same with when we're living on autopilot, you know, it's just stopping long enough to realize that we're on autopilot. Yeah, I think one of the things that that, uh, we tend to hold ourselves back if we're not willing to ask that question, am I holding myself back? Because maybe we're afraid of the answer. What do you think? Right. Absolutely we're afraid of the answer. But what could the answer be? If it's yes, it's liberating. That's what people don't understand, that it's liberating to say, yes, I am holding myself back. Oh, for me, it was such an experience.
experience, I felt like I, the weight of the world was off my shoulders. When I walked out of that session with my, my, my Buddhist uh, mentor, I felt such relief. I was like, oh my God, I don't need to know everything anymore. I don't need to be one step ahead of everybody anymore. I don't know who I am, and I don't, and I don't know what I want, and I don't care, and it felt so good. Yeah. I mean, I think that people will just really feel liberated by that. And embrace that liberation. Yeah. We're yeah. not supposed to know. Of course not. If we know everything and we program ourselves to want to know everything, to be in control, you know, the more in control we think we are, the more out of control we actually are. Yeah. And that's the truth, because you can't possibly control everything or try to. And then, you know what? Your life is meaningless. It's just, it just happens. But when you allow yourself to step back and say, you know what, I don't know, and I don't care to know, so many wonderful things come your way. Yeah, I think we get too busy paddling our boat upstream. So we take our boat down to the stream, and we think the way to get ahead is we get in and we start paddling. We think paddling harder and faster will get us there better and quicker and all we do is tend to get tired we, we're going in, in creating the resistance to what life has to offer and, yeah. and yet all we have to do is stop paddling that the current mm-hmm. will turn the boat around and we will go with the flow and if we understand that that energy flow is what begins to attract the things that we want and they will come to us instead of us having to chase it does that make right. sense Totally. Yeah, so um, you mentioned earlier about the meditation that you do, like a two-minute meditation or visualization exercise that, that you do on a daily basis. Can you walk us through that, help people understand what your sure. method is like? Mm-hmm. So generally in the morning, I like to sit um, in a quiet space and, you know, anywhere. I have a walk-in closet that works beautifully for me. I have a little altar set up, and I just sit there and I ask myself, you know, what is, what do I want my day to look like? You know, what is putting my best self forward going to look like? What do I want to happen that day? What do I want to bring to me, and how do I want to feel? And I sit there and I ponder, and I just go through these steps, and I, and I really take apart what I don't want to see and how I don't want to feel. And I think about what I really want to feel, how I want to embrace my life that day. If today was my last day, what would I want it to be like and how would I want to feel? And once I start to embrace the feelings that I want, which is happy and loving and giving and just everything is beautiful with the world, then I can go about my day. And then generally at the end of the day, I will take time and either journal or, you know, sit for a quiet moment and and reflect on how my day went and what is it that, if anything, I would want to change about today and what are some of the things that I'm grateful for and can I do better tomorrow? That is wonderful advice. Um, so, so what is on the horizon for Rose for the rest of 2016? Well, we are preparing to launch a new website. 
and have more features for specialists like you to come on board um, and do series of, you know, weekly, monthly series with our experts on how to help people live a happier, more fulfilling life and how to find their way down that path. So we have a lot of exciting things happening and an e-commerce store coming up too. So I'm really looking forward to it because I'm loving the work and I'm loving the connections and people in my life. Yeah, we're, we're in the process of just launching a uh, teleclass, a five-part series of, of information that's in my book and so forth. So that's been kind of fun to, to pull that together, put it on a platform where people can interact and ask questions and we record it and uh, they can play it back and, and get more information about things. So Yay. In, uh, when is in your about book the, coming out? Well, I'm on the last two chapters. Uh, my expectation is that uh, once we go through the editing and uh, publishing process, that uh, it, it will be uh, in the early fall. Great. So if people want I to learn that. a lot more about Rewire Me, uh, how can they find out and uh, get involved with that? They could just go to rewireme.com, um, follow us on Twitter, rewire underscore me and Facebook. We're also on Facebook, um, Instagram, and there's a lot of good things. We're also looking into, um, I should mention this, um, opening a cancer clinic and offering healings of uh, all walks of life and vitamins. Um, so that's mm-hmm. exciting, too. We're hoping to get that launched before, before summer. Oh, that's really exciting. So yeah. I'd like to uh, thank my wonderful guest, Rose Kyola, for taking time out of her very busy schedule to be with us today and sharing oh, her pleasure. wealth, experience, knowledge, and insight. So, Rose, thank you very much. Oh, it's a pleasure. Here. Thank you so much for having me, Jeffrey. Great. And uh, I'd like to invite everyone to join us next week for another insightful and inspiring episode of Help, My Thoughts Are Holding Me Hostage on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Thank you for tuning in to the show this week. Please join Dr. Jeffrey Fannin again for another edition of Help! My Thoughts Are Holding Me Hostage. Listen every Friday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Have the best week possible. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.